Hi, this is David Vincent, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District. And I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the director of counseling services in the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. This is a conversation featuring experts and subjects related to raising happy, successful children in today's world. On each broadcast, parent guests will join in and provide their perspective on current trends and issues our kids face in school, society, and at home. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become achieving kids. So Amanda, today we have the most requested person we've ever had <laughs> in our podcast. And now we're going to actually going to video record this because they want to see you nice. in a yellow dress. Obviously, we should didn't wear the yellow dress. <laughs> scallops. Yes. You like that? A scallop huh? Did you learn that word? I did. I thought that were potatoes <laughs> at the Nidjali. For those of you who weren't at our training at the beginning of the year, Dr. Jameson, actually Kelly, Dr. Kelly Jameson, uh, awesome uh, kid psychologist and person that's really been a good friend of ours to help us to kind of get our kids in that social and emotional place where they can grow and learn and help parents get in that same place. But she wore this yellow dress that everyone keeps talking about that the first couple of times, great. I got to be honest with you. I got tired of talking about it a little bit. <laughs> you over the dress. <laughs> You've moved past it. Well, scallops. I mean, you know, and I mean, it's the thing is, and the people are going to be your friend and want me to introduce you and that, that got weird. <laughs> But oh wow! Okay. So Amanda. Also, your content you brought was also thank good. You. I hope the content <laughs> trumped the yellow dress. I, I, I hope. You're I not mean, sure. He's not sure. Is, is this, you know, it really was. No, people were like talking about this, and you know, and then obviously things that we need to do and grow and learn and, and teach is all that stuff. But you know, seriously, from what you said and what you wore, big hit. Awesome. I've always said dressing well is a form of good manners. Wow. Yeah, I mean, probably <laughs> That's so. That's going to be quoted. Yeah, we need to have a part in the achievement <laughs> profile about dressing. I tell my children that, too. I don't think they're buying it yet, but I'm still working on it. You know, I don't know about that, but the hobo look seems to be in right now, and it just seems like people wear whatever they're going to wear. I know. You know what they say about men's attire, sidebar, before we get into the good stuff, is that men generally stay in whatever your college attire was like that's your attire for the longevity of your adulthood is that is, right? is generally kind of the style you wore in college it's not true here because here's the thing christy vinson <laughs> stole my joy she took my pleats away in these pants <laughs> got the flat front now yeah what's like sealing in the juices it's tight and i don't like the them pleats. Mm, sorry. there's no room but you you're know, better for it yeah Oddly but, enough, this actually does connect to our topic of self-awareness. So let's kind of go into that as far as not talking about my pants, which no one cares about. Talk about how you feel about your pants. Yes. I, right? I is that your segue? I emotions. love my wife. Yes. yes. And I know I don't look. Whatever. So I mean, whatever she wants me to do, it's fine. I pop my, yes, pop my battles. Oh. Amanda, let's yes. get off. <laughs> okay. So we wanted um, you to come today to kind of talk to us about self-awareness. When we talk to parents or teachers, um, we have a lot of good academic supports. We have amazing counselors in the district and awesome families, but we still even internally talk about how sometimes when people just aren't aware of how they're acting or feeling or thinking, 
then it's hard to even get an intervention in place because they're not even seeing it or understanding it. So we decided um, that we would really start talking to our staff about self-awareness and then that would trickle into working with the kids. But we just didn't want, we want our parents to understand what we're talking about, our kids to understand what we're talking about. So that's why we're here. Great. Well, that's the way to do it because the whole problem with self-awareness is we don't talk about what it is. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to keep an eye on it if it's not at your forefront of what you're talking about and thinking about, especially in the classroom. Amen. So what is self-awareness? Self-awareness is very simple. It's just recognizing how you think and feel. And then once you're aware of it, how you act on those thoughts and feelings. Mm. Problem is though, we sort of skip the first part and then our thoughts and feelings dictate our actions and our behavior. Well, sometimes those actions and behaviors aren't great. So we tend to focus on the behavior, but if we sort of back it up a little bit and teach kids and adults, frankly, to recognize the thoughts and feelings first, we can sort of sidestep some of that negative behavior. So when we were discussing this about an option to present it to our kids, we got our superintendent's advisory council. The teacher said, we need it before we can provide it to our kids. Good. And that adult yeah. piece, which I was so impressed with and really heard later comments about when we went and looked at other schools and they said, wish we would have had an opportunity to mm -hmm. grow this a little slower, mm -hmm. introduce it. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's, that's very self-aware that they even said that, <laughs> right? So Gold hot. star already. <laughs> right. That bleats right. in their pants. <laughs> So the, the, you just have to take time to learn about it and talk about it. But oftentimes in schools and in families, we're all just going so fast that we don't stop to talk about our thoughts and feelings. Of course, I'm a therapist, so I'm in the business of talking about thoughts and feelings. But oftentimes, people will end up in therapy to do what they can do in their real life, but we just don't take the time to do it, and we don't know how. So I love that you're wanting it in the classrooms and then the teachers are asking for it because that's a great, you've captured kids in a classroom, what better place than to teach them mm -hmm. how to recognize their thoughts and feelings? And there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. But I love that the teachers are asking for it because so much of this, and when you look at it online, it's the growth mindset bulletin board and it's, it's 8,000 quotes about it. Mm -hmm. But if you're not practicing it in your classroom, mm. if the teachers aren't using the language, if they're not taking the time to talk about it, talk about the words that represent feelings, all the bulletin boards in the world mm -hmm. are not gonna teach this. Unless inside that classroom, the teachers are using language with the kids. Otherwise, it's just a big waste of time. So the core of our district is the Wiley Way. And so our district has kind of been primed to kind of take this next step into achieving kids and the, making sure that their social emotional health is important. And you talking about it being in the classroom, it really just sounds like you're talking about the vocabulary, like literally teaching them the words and the feelings and emotions attached to those words. How do we teach kids to name their emotions? Right. Well, we all need to do a better job, that parents and mm -hmm. teachers, but we'll start in the classroom. Kids generally can describe about five emotions. Adults, about 34. Really? Mm. Yes, but there, as we know, there's tons more words that we all need to learn. But for kids, they can tell you that they're basically mad, sad, mm -hmm. happy, hungry, or tired. That's about it. Nothing Adults can do a little better. <laughs> yeah. But for kids, like those five words really capture 
their vocabulary about mm -hmm. the way they feel and think and their emotions. So we need to do a much better job with the vocab. So remember when we were little, that poster with all the faces and yes. it said, how are you feeling mm -hmm. today? Yes. That classic poster would be a really good start okay. in classrooms, yeah. right? Like every classroom, every bathroom, because kids can look, you know, in hospitals, kids can't articulate right. how bad the pain is. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever in an ER, you'll see a poster on the wall with like five different smiley faces all the way to sad, mad. And doctors and ER nurses will ask children to point to how they feel because they don't have the language yet, but they can recognize the face and it represents the pain that they're in. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the poster, the classic poster that we all grew up with is a great way to do it. So I think those are still available on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should have those mm -hmm. and they're, they look much different today, but the idea is that we're teaching kids how to use those words. So obviously visuals, but teachers can practice a word a day Spelling, you know, English teachers can have the words like the bonus word on the spelling test. The English teachers can ask for kids to write a paragraph about what does delightful sound like or look like. You know, they can just, I mean, this is so easy to fold into pretty much all curriculums if teachers just take the time to do it. And if they need visuals, then they can literally use that old school poster and mm -hmm. just pull the words off of there and have kids use it in a sentence or before a test as you're holding the test and everyone's freaking out. Right. You can say, okay, everybody shout out, what, what are you feeling right now? Like just practicing using the words. It just takes a second or two. Um, or a Friday, how are you guys feeling today right before the bell rings? Have them articulate how they think they're feeling and have the teacher throw out a few more words. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling tired, you know, and have teachers model that. This isn't hard. It's just they need reminders during the day of how to sprinkle it in and basically everything they do. Parents the same way. No question. Oh, yeah. Yes, 100%. You know, one of the things that I have a junior, I have a senior, and my street cred as far as advice has probably waned a skosh. Okay. Nice honesty. And it's excellent <laughs> advice. It's advice I would want, and I'm sure everyone else would want, mm -hmm. but yes. maybe isn't as well received. When you're talking about that idea of self-awareness and happy, sad, mad. Hungry, tired. Yeah. How do we approach it from a, how would we approach it in the best way possible for mom, dad, the kid? Yeah. Well, in my house, it sounds like this. How was school? Good. Did you learn anything today? No. <laughs> Well, tell me about your lunch. It was good. You know, so I have a rule, like you can't use good, fine, nice, okay, you know. Can you tell me a little, but I'm a therapist, so I'm, I'm used to saying, can you tell me a little <laughs> bit more about, about that? that? How do you feel about the banana? <laughs> what about that, you know, spam sandwich? But we have to just not accept good, fine, okay as an answer. So with your senior, you got to kind of know when he's at his most open. For boys, it's going to be late at night. So mm -hmm. you don't want to hit him at 5 o'clock. You want to hit him at like 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a much more honest answer. Yeah. If you're still awake at 10. Oh, yeah. Okay. I very rarely sleep, so <laughs> I can virtually talk to anyone at any time. Okay, great. Call me at <laughs> He's a robot, apparently. <laughs> uh. mm -hmm. So that's an important thing, though. When you look at what we do and how we do it, you know, how we approach people is incredibly important. And then also, the thing that I've learned, leadership, husband, dad, whatever, is that what are my triggers? And that's something that I've had to really mind my wake, as I say, on because, and I enter into that and I can't get out because when I get mad or whatever that's going to be, it's really hard for me to mm -hmm. act objectively. Mm -hmm. 
to that process. Is that something from a self-awareness perspective that we can help? Are there simple processes that both parents and teachers can use? Yeah, so naming them is first, right? But then the second step is what do you do? You know, if a teacher's standing in front of a classroom and everyone says, I'm freaking out, like I'm so nervous, then what does the teacher do or what does the teacher say? Then it's also on them to sort of help a child learn some, you know, calming down techniques. And again, those are quick. This is not like a 30-minute yoga class to do before mm -hmm. your test, but just simple breathing, yeah. you know, you sort of name it and deal and heal. Um, so we say feel, deal, heal. Um, so it's just saying it out loud and then having the teacher say, okay, then I'm going to turn off the lights for a minute. Everyone's just going to breathe and let's try to calm down from that nervousness, right? Or on a Friday afternoon, right before a pep rally and you've got like 20 minutes and you're trying to like keep them, you know, mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> whatever before contained. the pep rally. Yes. Contained. Thank you. And everyone's like, ah, and then the teacher can do, you know, everybody up. Okay. We're going to jump up and down for like 30 seconds. So it's one thing to name your feeling, but then to know how to process it. So for you, like you were talking about triggers. So sometimes it doesn't mean we always have to do something. Sometimes it means the doing something means to take a step back. Oh, yeah. Right, to withdraw, to just go into your office mm -hmm. and try to grab a minute or go to the bathroom and just sit there for a second and just take a minute. Not all emotions have to be like outwardly processed. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just need a quiet minute to manage oh, yeah. that so you don't snap at someone which I think is what you were getting to, you know, know your triggers <laughs> and then don't go into a meeting knowing that you're triggered. Yeah, because the thing that I do now, we have a rule at my house, we don't talk about anything important after 9 o'clock. Because typically, from being married 26 plus years, nothing good comes out of those conversations because it's all emotional. Everything's worse at night for some reason. Okay. And uh, so we try to find ways to talk about things that are important during the day and manage that deal. The other thing about like Texas Tech, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be objective about it and I'm going to be a. <laughs> jerk and I just don't I know that I'm not going to do it so I just you know I remove myself I don't go to games really I don't do those things because I can't act nice and that level of self-regulation sometimes it's just um, therapeutic for myself to not do that but with kids I have to look at my own kids and have to ask them when they're going to ask questions when you're not going to ask questions what the right questions is you're going to be but it's hard to do it's sure. hard to do yeah and also kids need to know that adults get it wrong too mm -hmm. you know I'm sorry mommy was tired should not have said that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So apology and that sort of circling back is really important to also teach children. Sometimes we don't act, you know, we didn't recognize our feelings. Mm -hmm. So our actions weren't really what we wanted them to be right. because we didn't pay attention to how we were feeling and try to adjust at the first step. So, and with kids and at school with discipline problems too, that's the same thing. Is instead of just jumping straight to the what did you do and why, it's the, well, tell me, what happened? Like, tell me about your day. Like, what happened right. this morning that by lunch you were just so agitated? Again, these only, this isn't hard. It just takes time mm -hmm. for someone to pull that kid aside and say, what's happening for you today? Mm. When I used to be a classroom teacher, I would occasionally get the morning email from a parent that would say, FYI, we, mm. we had a bad morning this morning. Charlie's not at his best. And I could really appreciate that as a teacher because I just assume everybody's coming in first period right. ready to go, you know, yeah. but it was nice for me to know that Charlie had a bad morning. And some people might be like, well, that's, that's a little bit too much, but it's helpful. I mean, teachers have to know that these kids are not going to walk in a hundred percent every morning or every class. So if you take time to just, you know, get a pulse of the classroom, try to figure out how mm -hmm. people are feeling and then get to know these kids 
which I think is part of the job, right? On Absolutely. a personal level, like kind of know, you know what makes them tick academically, but how well can you read their emotionality and adjust in that way too? Mm -hmm. um, it just, it takes some time. So you have to put the curriculum aside for a minute and get to know these kids a little bit more on a personal level. And then you'll see them achieve what you want them to achieve. But to think that they're just students and not people is really missing the boat. Well, you know, it's the same thing in personal life. When you're going to go into somewhere, you need to know the lay of the land before you walk in and talk. And I talk about a lot of important things to people, but to know where you are before the context is going to be delivered in the way that it's going to be appealing to them because mm -hmm. the kids are not going to, we're not going to welcome it. Won't be good. Mm -hmm. And then the aftermath is going to be, you're going to begin doing it again anyway, likely enough. Mm -hmm. to you're going to spend the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's not just here. I mean, we know that we hope we have our kids and they all graduate successfully here and they're going to go on to do other things. You kind of mentioned before that you're starting to see it, even questions about self-awareness and social emotional health pop up on like college applications and things like that. Yeah, so the um, Stanford? Stanford, yeah, their very first question on their application is uh, reflect on your own self-regulatory and interpersonal skills. What have you learned about yourself when working with others? That's literally the first question. Oh my goodness. So, wow, I mean, if that doesn't tell you that that's at the forefront of right. business and education and culture, then we've got to trickle that way back even with these little kids because we're just doing better in recognizing that mm -hmm. how we think and feel really affects the way that we perform. Yes. So if we're asking kids to come to school and perform, we have to recognize all the back-end stuff. I mean, we are not robots. You're a robot, apparently, because you don't sleep that much. <laughs> but most of us... It's his pants. It's the pants. So uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, we just have... We can do better, and it's not hard. Yeah. You know, and teachers, I know they, they don't want to add anything else onto their schedule because they, they want to get through what they need mm -hmm. to get through. But this isn't hard. And I think that's the main thing I want all educators to know. It, it only takes a minute. It only takes a minute. So, but when we talk about that, one thing that we try to do is create sample lessons for kids to have, or teachers to have anyway, first. And then the second thing is to say, you do these things, it's going to be so much better because kids are going to get it. Your classroom environment's fantastic. A, B, C, D, E, it's great. It works. And it's just something that we have to take the time to do. It's just amazing that not many schools actually recognize that as an important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's out there. It's out there in the news and it's out there in the, you know, the blogs. And some schools or some districts are forward thinking and more progressive than others. But also others are really focused on metrics. Yes. And they just want to see the scores and the schools and the trajectory of their students as a way to highlight their school slash business. Yeah. So it takes a courageous district or principal to say, wait a minute, we got to take care of these kids because mm -hmm. we have, I mean, we're putting so much pressure on these kids um, that we're not launching them well because no. we're seeing them as just products of our school environment. And we can do better than that. And in families too, we can do better families too. Well, our product hopefully is an achieving kid and that achieving kid is going to be one that is going to be socially, emotionally adept, yeah. academically and emotionally prepared to take the next step because... It's the one thing talking in Austin with legislators last week is the big problem when kids go to college is they can't stay in college. Right, yeah. But they have the academic skills to make it. They don't have the social skills, the emotional stability to, when trouble comes, yeah. adapt. Yeah. Well, most people go to their strengths in life. Professionally, 
Most people go to their strengths in life. So if we recognize, and that's a little tricky in mm -hmm. school because everyone has to go to chemistry. Right. They have to go to English. They have to go to PE, right? So that may not be a child's strength, but if we can foster what they're good at and help them sort of get through what they're not good at and recognize they're not going to be good at everything across the board, I think we'll see a better kid who we launch to college. Well, and every kid in Wiley has an achievement profile. And on that achievement profile, in fifth and ninth grade, I believe it is, that we give the um, VIA, which is the um, the uh, University of Pennsylvania Strengths Finder, mm -hmm. Strengths Assessment, at uh, to every kid. And then they actually, Amanda, you want to talk a little bit about what we do there? Right. So in Wiley, you know, we have lots of transitions. We go from fourth to fifth grade is intermediate school. So we know that that's like a crazy time. Mm -hmm. They just left elementary and now are in intermediate and as welcoming, welcoming and awesome as they are, it's still like a huge culture shock for a lot of our kids. So we want them to know that they have strengths. There's good words that they can literally read about themselves and develop. And all the staff on those campuses have taken the same assessment. So they can all share in mm -hmm. like what is naturally that, that they have good things. Because self-awareness isn't just emotions, it's also your strengths, you have self-confidence, self-efficacy, and so I think it's, we feel like it does take the village. We want our parents to know this, we want our teachers mm -hmm. to know this, we want us to know this, that we, mm -hmm. and you bring up modeling a lot, um, that that's like one of the best ways mm -hmm. as a mom or a teacher that you can do this is to practice it yourself and show. Right. And so then we do that in fifth grade, and we also do it in ninth grade with the um, Gallup strings. And so two times you get that. What we're going to do a better job of, hopefully in the future, is addressing it every year mm -hmm. and making sure that that's a, you know, just a foundational part of what we do to start. Here are your strengths, and then what are your passions, and we get a chance to explore those and then test drive them in high school. But starting with the strength is important because I guess not a lot of people inherently think about their strengths. They don't know what they are and how to develop them. Right, and, and not everyone comes from like a warm, loving home where they're getting messaged constantly about what they're good at. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the sad part of this. Yes. So if they're not getting it at home and then they come to school and the teacher's very focused on the curriculum, right. now we have a child who in the two major parts of their life, school and home, are not being told or empowered or supported or encouraged to recognize what they're good at. Yeah. That's just a recipe for a disaster. Right, so we gotta love on these kids a little bit and not assume that everyone's getting all of the, those boxes checked at home. One of the things that I will say too is issues that we have in relating to kids that are unself-aware is, and this is the thing that how, the social awareness of how it impacts others. And one of the things that we've tried to do with that is, how do we impact others? How do they know, how can we talk to our kids and say, you know what, you did these things, it really had this, this impact on the rest of the class. Do you have any advice about that, about how to help kids reflect in a positive way, not you're horrible, but mm -hmm. this is how, this is what you did, not make yeah. people feel? Yeah, that's a tall order because from middle school and high school, that brain development is so messy that yes. there's not a lot of self-reflection or recognizing how their actions affect people two feet outside of their own bubble. So that's, that's a really tall order. So... Um, you can model, I think modeling, in terms of that, it's modeling is going to be more effective than saying, how do you think David felt about that, mm -hmm. right? They're going to be like, I don't care how David <laughs> felt about that. I care how I felt about that, right? So it's just, I think, modeling behavior and then pointing out positive behavior in others 
as a way to model it too. So teachers can point out, Amanda, that was so nice that you did that. Like that made Kelly feel so great. Mm -hmm. You know, just modeling that rather than just talking directly to the child when they've been rude or disrespectful or does well, that make sense? And oh, yeah. I like that you say that it's not hard because I think when anytime the word emotions come up, people are like, well, I'm not a therapist. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do? You yes. know, but it's really, these are skills. Yeah. Just this morning, what was I watching? Um, Good Morning America or something. G, the GQ, GQ magazine was doing, they're doing this whole series on men. About, <laughs> you, <laughs> they didn't consult you? Anyway, it's about um, vulnerability in men and how they have a really hard time with that, right? So when you right. talk about people not feeling comfortable talking about feelings, yes, um, that can be really hard for men especially who've been socialized to just be tough all the time. Mm -hmm. So... Um, this is a tall order when what we're talking about here today, because we're talking about half of the population being men being socialized to not be able to talk about their feelings mm -hmm. in an authentic way. Yeah. So that's sort of a double whammy into this whole SEL situation mm. is this is hard enough. But then we've got all these boys and men who have been raised not to talk about how they're feeling. So this really is hard work. It's, I say it's easy, like it's easy to take a minute and sure. to check in with people, but the sort of zoom out look is this is hard this is hard to ask people to be vulnerable so if we can fold it in throughout the entire school day right i think we can see some positive impact yeah because right. we always say everything should be comprehensive proactive and intentional i love it and so when you do everything you do that we do it in that way and then also that we can track it so we're going to write it down and have make sure people have that we're going to provide that to both teacher and parent and then ultimately have a, a system to help kids when they don't feel great or in their mm -hmm. level their self-awareness is low or maybe it's high and they feel terrible about themselves but again at least knowing what that is is going to be a huge step forward that not a lot of other kids get right no that's great i mean i love it so we're at the end of our time can you believe this about our conversation <laughs> so that's crazy i know i mean it's just been we've talked about pants we've talked about gq <laughs> we've talked about social emotional awareness yes. but uh the thing that you need to know is you have a huge impact in our school district. Everyone just adores you and appreciates the insights that you have as far as making our kids better, making our classrooms better, making our teachers more aware. It's You make a big, big Thank difference. You. Thank you. I run into Wiley people everywhere now, and mm. they're all so loving, and I love them. And Thank you. Thank you for inviting me back all the time. Well, they mention the yellow dress, don't they? <laughs> yes. Like, aren't you the yellow dress? Yeah, I see you on stage. I'm the like yellow a suit. Scowling star? Scallop I'm going to be like the... Uh, Curious George's guy that has the, the man big in the hat. yellow hat. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day, guys.